Welcome to the Heroes of Reality Podcast, a podcast about the game of life and the hero's journey we all experience. Let's jump in with our host, Dylan Watkins, as he introduces today's guest. Welcome, adventurer. And on today's podcast, I have Kevin Clark and Iman uh, Mufoti. I'm so sorry if I butchered that. Uh, they are co-founders of Point Motion, a motion-captured software for healthcare and education institutions that allow their clients to engage in music-based experiences where each interactions within the user experience collects data on the performance of cognitive and motor functions over time. So without any further delay, I'd like to welcome Kevin and Iman. Hello. Hey, great to be here. Great to see you, Dylan. Hi, hey, Dylan. Guys. Thank you for having us. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to chat with you. I know you're friends with Rick, and uh, I'm, I'm actually interested in your technology. I think it's really cool, um, really cool technology that you guys are doing. Um, and but I'd, I'd love to start this off a little bit with um, how did you how did you get started in this? Like, what kicked off this journey for you two? Absolutely. Well, you know, Imen and I came together around this mutual passion for using music art, technology, bringing them together to s solve human challenges. Uh, Point Motion stemmed from an unfortunate accident, which left my cousin uh, paralyzed from the waist down. I was going to Berklee College of Music and was studying jazz composition and film scoring. Uh, but I was really thinking about how I could use that skill that I was learning around using music to shape someone's experience. How could I apply that to something that would benefit somebody I cared about? That was sort of how the whole company started to started to be something bigger than just, you know, just making music. So I, I patented the technology and I started this business and eventually I met Imen who really comes from a business background and I'll let you, her introduce herself as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, great, yeah, yeah. Uh, Imen, yeah, that'd be great. Uh, how about you introduce and talk about how, where did you two meet and, and how did you kick things off? Yeah, Kevin and I met when I was going to grad school in Boston and something was special about him is that his ability to be musical but also entrepreneurial. Uh, as soon as we met, we connected on a deep level of like talking about uh, EEGs and vision and like machine learning and he had an amazing uh, 3D printer in his office and from there like we started like uh, engaging in more conversations about how to use technology for good and uh, I have like he had a really uh, inspiring story and I am a hard believer in like design thinking and human-centered design and like how we have to create things that serve humans. And I feel we aligned on that vision and we started working on this together. And now uh, our team is getting bigger. Rick is actually our friend, but also our mentor. Um, and we are, we are at Winston-Salem, like, and we work from an incubator called Winston Starts. That's how Rick got to know us. And, uh, I feel we are at the middle of a beautiful journey to keep seeing what, what we could offer to help people. Cool. So how's it like being a part of an incubator? I know a lot of people are, they really want to be a part of incubators and then when you get on the inside. So talk to me a little bit about your experiences on the inside of the incubators. Like what are, what's been some, some takeaways for you? Honestly, it's amazing because like you get to talk about problems that people heard about 
either they have been in facing those problems or they heard about somebody else facing those problems. I feel there there is a lot of guidance, but also that there is a lot of empathy between lots of people who have um, maybe close age gap because mm-hmm. like uh, maybe there are people who are on the extreme of like the age, but I could definitely say there is like a very close uh, age between those people and like very similar daily living stories. Like people who believed in an idea most probably most of the time bigger than them and tried to gather lots of talented people around them most of the time more talented than who they are actually Has but to then get to get to strive not knowing what tomorrow uh, is hiding for us but like we all have that uh, gut to continue and i think that is very supportive and prevents lots of anxiety i would say definitely yeah i think being an incubator for like having that camaraderie that shared experience of i'm taking a leap of faith into pursuing something I really believe in, it, uh, it, it in a way it can make you definitely make you run faster. I, th- I think mm-hmm. so. It's been an inspiration. It's been good to be a part of a community like that. Any any entrepreneurs out there who are interested in in taking the that bet on themselves, I think you have to be in that. It, it only serves you to be around other people who are doing that as well because you have to learn from each other's experiences. Yeah, uh, there is a power in the community. There's definitely a power being around other people that said that that are on that crazy path of a vision that you want to be able to do, right? That is you have to you have to birth it into existence. You have to create it from nothing. You have a little spark of an idea that you just kind of have to like blow yeah. on and then make bigger over time. Um, what have been things that you've seen? Is it like whether it's rituals a part of the incubator or what are some of the things that 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 you've seen that that either been like helpful or maybe like unexpected things that 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 have kind of uh, maybe you weren't predicting but actually happened that gave you a lot of value? Well, it wasn't that it was unexpected, but uh, I had been in other incubators before and they were kind of hands off in the sense that they give you the space, they give you you know, somebody there to support, but like here uh, at the incubator we're in and once it starts, they provide like a whole online resource catalog as well as like in-person sessions, workshops, like towards mm-hmm. specific skills, whether it be from legal to accounting to, you know, the latest technology that, you know, that they're trying to introduce to the, you know, to the, those ideas to the community. So like, for me, that was kind of one of the pleasant things that I feel like was kind of stand out for me. What made it, what made it more engaging. Mm. What are your thoughts on that? For me, I think one of the most beautiful things is like uh, having two assigned mentors. We don't do one mentor to not, maybe I, this is my thinking. Nobody ever told me about this, but maybe to not just uh, be beholding to one person's opinion. So we get, to assign mentors that maybe have very different training, very different background, but that is very helpful. Um, And the other unexpected thing, maybe because it's the South, there are uh, events that are not related to business, like a birthday or like a Christmas party or that you expect that sometimes in a bigger company to install Mm. that culture between employees or maybe with more friends. But 
it feels at the same time like a place that keeps you accountable but also mm-hmm. like it it's a family belonging kind of mm-hmm. feeling uh if i might say yeah i agree i agree the 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 non-work related things are really important for keeping people together you know it's it's, a, it's an important thing the when you talk about accountability what does accountability look like over there well we have um I believe like, so we have two meetings with them every year mm-hmm. uh, in regards to like our checkpoints. Cause they have a program with three stages as you go from like idea startup to like full scale. Uh, you know, they have different checkpoints to see whether or not you advance to the next stage or if you're, you know, where you might need additional support. So like, you know, every six months to and like to end by annual, you know, they have these checkpoints where, really they're not just hold, they're not really holding you accountable to what their expectations are but to your own goals and your own milestones to say hey you know you're in here because we believe that you're going to be able to grow you said you're going to grow this much tell us you know where do you st- where do you stand what happened what you know that you expected what didn't you know ex- you expect so like you know they have a group of people like four or five people that will sit there with you and kind of go through that and it, it definitely is valuable, you know, and it supports kind of learning what are the steps, what are the routines that I have to do to check myself, you know, because I, I don't know, like for myself, I'm not, I'm not a, like, I didn't go to business school. So like everything I learned about running a business happened, you know, through experience in that way. So having a place like that, where you can get that, that structure in place and it, it's definitely helpful. Business school doesn't really help you that much. I'm gonna tell you that right now. <laughs> so I, I went to school for business. Music it doesn't really teach. Like, yeah, yeah I, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a serial entrepreneur, and it doesn't really teach you very useful things, um, per se. Uh, a lot of things you do get on the streets or or in incubators where they kind of get more tactical, practical from people that have done it before. Totally. Uh, what do you What do you think are the the critical skills that you maybe um, that you either wish you learned or things that you you are currently learning? Um, in terms of business, what are some of those, what are those, those skill sets that you're currently developing? Hmm, Amen. Do you have, a, I'm, I'm curious again, what your thoughts on that yeah. are. And I'll throw this up to either buddy. So I, when I throw yeah, out a question, yeah, yeah. Either, either person grab it and just go for it. Oh, I have, I have some thoughts on it, but I'm curious what he meant. Think, think. Yeah, I think, I think I'm learning a lot of things. I think every year there will be like, um, uh, a magnified set of interests that shows up that year. Um, I think a lot in this year has been more about design strategy. Um, so we we sometimes get so caught up into the idea of having a product that sells and what are your margins and what is your uh, business model and what are your channels and why haven't you hit those specific milestones and I feel that there is a very very important part before all of that happens that is about um, designing a good product designing a good experience and it does not mean until we get like to very advanced uh, level to start thinking about design. I feel like design, behavioral design, how things look like for specific uh, target population. For example, in our case, we work a lot with lots of people who have 
uh, neurocognitive uh, challenges, like neurodiverse people or like uh, neurodegenerative diseases population. And like, it is very important for us to think about designing products and how do these people feel. Uh, I also feel a lot of me and even though in business, like I am learning more empathy every year empathy towards the user, empathy towards uh, the decision maker for, for the buying decision. Um, and I feel all of those could shape uh, lots of things. I'm, I'm, I'm learning more about uh, different financial models, mm-hmm. uh, I could say. And uh, well, let's uh, talk about let's talk a little bit about the because I want to dive deeper into the human centric design, design patterns, things like that, empathy of the customer. What about that for you? So what what are some things that you learned? What is your process that you're currently working on um, for human-centered design, building out experiences? What, is, what does that currently look like? Wow, that's, a, that's an amazing topic. But mm-hmm. most importantly, that for us, there are there, there are desires of people like of healthcare system that wants to be able to engage their patients, improve their... Uh, experience as well as like financial struggles as in like decreasing cost of care or like bigger huge goals like improving overall uh, health care outcomes for like for the whole population or like even like listening to a physical therapist who's like talking about burnout and those are like all things that we see and when we try to solve problems in the healthcare industry like we are doing it's like we have to learn empathy but also have to be empathetic from different angles because there are lots of like stakeholders in in the picture there are the users who feel frustrated who feel like that their space is invaded by people coming to see them in their house uh, there there is frustration about Technology is so complicated, so they will be finding any um, excuse. Excuse exactly to mm. not do what they are supposed to do. Clinicians have very limited time, and at the same time, they are trying to make money for for the living. And there are lots of perspectives to do that. So shadowing clinicians, talking more with patients, uh, understanding how things should feel, or like. Um, the tone that we use, like even the vibrations of specific buttons, all of those are things that we're trying to nail on to, to satisfy the people who decide to work with us. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, so what you're talking about this is there's, uh, in business, there's always this. Um, I want more with less. I want to be a more engaged, I want a more engaged customer with less employee payroll. I want to, I want a I want it to be easier and simpler and less effort. I don't want to change anything new, but I want to upgrade all my systems. Absolutely. And there's, and there's these contradictory patterns that, that happen over and over again where you see that. They, they want an engaged patient, which means they want they want patients that feel like they that they care and that they, they matter and that they're important, but they also want to cut the payroll in half, yeah. which is... Well, what they really what they really want to do is they want to get rid of the like sort of right now in healthcare you, we can't say whether it's because of the red tape, but I'll say there's a because that that red tape prevents a lot of innovation from 
sparking in this sort of like non-centralized like you know in the public sector like it's hard you know you have to go through the fda and all that so like what they really do like the the cost issues isn't really around payroll it's more so around can they take away the time that, that they have to spend for each person to write down every single note like if you go to see a therapist or you're going to even if you're going to monitor a patient remotely, if I'm doing a telehealth session with my with my patient, uh, I'm going to have to write down all the information by hand afterwards. I'm going to have to input that information into my electronic data record. And instead of spending that time with another patient, they're spending their time behind a computer entering data by hand. And so what we see is an opportunity for us. You know, we use the motion capture technology. So... Mm -hmm just any computer enabled uh, camera enabled device like a laptop or a tablet we're tracking the patient's movements and their interactions and we're taking away the time that they have to spend counting reps or counting you know range of motion or you know doing things in the memory space too like how many sequences of movements can they remember mm -hmm. uh, and all the time that they would have spent entering that data into a record by hand and generating those reports they can now spend with patients and generate more revenue as a result. So like, right. I think the issue is more so around the sort of inefficient, how a lot of stuff is like on pen and paper mm -hmm. handouts, and we're moving it into a realm of digital interactive content, uh, rather than sort of static, you know, sort of outdated materials. Mm -hmm. Yeah, spoke like about the inefficiency also of short term. But if you think about this on long term, like there is the part that like you will be cutting costs on hospital readmissions, on like uh, emergency readmission. Like yeah. hospitals and the U.S. healthcare system loses so much money yearly on not being able to expect or like to predict the emergency readmissions or like how many beds are we going to be needing or what are the quality of life of this specific population so we know how to predict operations in the future. And I feel we definitely need the healthcare analytics systems mm -hmm. in place to be able to get there. Sure, but you also have, you have human problems. One human is, it, the human problem is this. I don't want to do anything new. Don't make me do anything new. That is definitely want... a barrier. <laughs> yeah, so you're, you're right. Brand new tech, all these wonderful things, you know, all that stuff. You're, you're not competing with another app. You're competing with a pencil, right? That's true. Paper. Right. Yeah. So it's so I want to kind of get away from the kind of the big vision, all those things that we can do. And I want to talk about human centered design, yes. human centered design, humans. These are humans that we're talking about here. And so the human issues, what is the process around the human designer centered design issues? Like, so how do you take this? You take this, you you shadow some of these people. Yeah. Right? You, look, you look at some of these problems. Right. The problems are around the the friction of them not wanting to adapt to new technologies, the friction. Yeah the areas and what you're talking about the value add because you can only really add value in a couple different ways you yeah. can either make the money you can save them money you can save them time right those are a couple of different ways that you can be able to do that are you making money saving me time lowering friction what are, what are these things that that look like so so with you how do you take these lessons and these insights from shouting these people and what does your process look like for integrating it in to your value chain yeah, that's, that's an amazing question. So we do a little bit of all of those. So mm -hmm. first, like, if you think about it, if I am a doctor mm -hmm. and I'm seeing you for the first time, mm -hmm. I am torn between observing your behavior yeah. and taking lots of notes 
and also dealing with the electronic health record that that's where I asked you the first questions in the beginning of your visit, etc. Mm -hmm. And then maybe after you leave, I will have to have probably around five minutes to be able to fill the things that I did not have enough time to to leave uh, to, to take. So think about I will go back again to a physical therapist, a mm -hmm. physical therapist who sees 20 people. If you are saving him five minutes for those 20 people, yeah. and if I am like the chief operations of that clinic and I have six PTs scheduled that day, and if you think about all that time that you have saved, so mm -hmm. then the value that was created is that you saved them time, mm -hmm. which means you saved them money, but in like, in the beginning, it is making their job easier by automatically collecting data for them where they can go back and find it. That is only like a part for those people who administer those things. Now think about a perspective of somebody who is actually diagnosed with a specific condition and how hard it is for them usually to go back home with a, a paper of stretches or activities that they have to focus on and think about like, that they have to report that mm -hmm. sometimes like it could be two months until they see their doctor again so yeah. sometimes you will forget about reporting these and then he's talking more about the human-centered design approach not like the value he's talking about how, like how do we take the information we get from the interviews and bring them into our our product mm -hmm. and so i think less so like about the where is yeah. the value within the product itself yeah, the, I understand. I understand what you're saying is, if you're going from analog to digital, you save time. Right? You Absolutely. save steps in price. I, yeah. I, I completely, I understand entirely. It's the whole digital revolution that we're going through. What I'm yeah. curious about is how do you onboard them to create a less frictionless system? How do you actually bring them through the process so that they actually adapt it? How do they go from resistant to rave enthusiasts? What does that process look like? How are you removing the human barriers? of I have anxiety to learning new adoption technologies. I don't want to learn your tech because I'm comfortable with my old ways. How are you using human-centered design? Because that's what we're talking about is how do we use human-centered design to get them to adopt to your systems? What, is, what does that look like? So I think a lot of it ended up mm -hmm. starting with, as you said, like doing a lot of interviews, doing a lot of understanding, but from mm -hmm. there ended up being really to say, rather you know we developed a two-sided platform not just the content that is interactive but also mm -hmm. a, a tool that allows the providers themselves to go in and customize the experiences that are being used out there in the public so really you say it's like how how are we making it like uh, mm -hmm. human centered it's like because we are designing that human centered design mm -hmm. is coming from the very people who have been in the field for 10 or 15 yeah. years that have been suffering with the challenges of using these pen and paper experience. And they're, and we're what like our design is towards is enabling them to digitize their ideas. What are the ways mm -hmm. that they want to create and put sounds and stuff together? Like we understand if they were in an endless, like uh, if their brain was connected to a computer and they could make it do anything, how would be their process of putting together these ideas? Would they start with thinking, what's my outcome? that I'm focused on. And then from there, think about what sort of experiences and movements and what sorts of sequence that would go in. And then they think about what kind of sounds does each movement. So like, uh, we think about that sort of experience around mm -hmm. from the content creator side itself. 
And that has been really how we make our content itself fit that sort of, uh, you know, the human needs mm. that are within that segment of healthcare because those people who are creating the content are specialists in, you know, Got Parkinson's, it. Alzheimer's, like those, their areas of special specialization. So if I understand you correctly, what you're talking about is this, is though they have a, they have a certain thing that they need to have some sort of custom exercise that they need people to do. So then you have the, on, on the platform, you have the ability that allows the uh, facilitator a way to be able to customize the software or customize the experience based upon how they would normally do it. So for example, I would want to be able to do an elbow bend or whatever that might be. So is that, is that what you're saying? Is so you're allowing the the facilitator to then adjust the customization of, of the types of exercises. And imagine on the facilitator side, it yeah. would be it would be um it would be more so like Netflix. You okay. know, like you said, you kind of have to give innovation with a mm. sort of something that people are comfortable and used to. Imagine it's just like Netflix, just like a video, you know, but instead of it, it has an interactive element. What I'm talking about is even before the content gets to quote unquote Netflix, right? We have a tool that allows for that content, that interactive content to get generated. So they can say, they can tell our, you know, create different movements and poses with our motion capture so that they can curate and put together these experiences, add videos, images, sound, you know, kind of like you would use mm -hmm. GarageBand or something mm -hmm. like uh, of that nature. Um, so like there, you know, any men can expand on like, sort of like, there are a lot of, as you men was saying in the beginning, like there are a lot, are a lot of directions in which we have to empathize. Number mm. one, the provider who's out there working, who's kind of like the champion of the patient, maybe the patient's guardian or their family members, you know, uh, and, but then next to that there are the tools that that guardian that that you know provider uses in order to serve you know the patient and and in that sense like we see ourselves building a tool that isn't static and is going to be you know stuck and dated in time we've built a tool mm -hmm. that allows for the content to evolve and Got be it. driven by the very subject matter experts who are out there in the field and I think that has been sort of the differentiating factor in how we've approached this and I think is going to allow us to have uh, inclusive and accessible because on the facilitator end, there is the option to say, oh, I want this song or I want this exercise with this easy or this range of motion or I want, you know, but ultimately what's getting assigned to the patient is by the provider themselves. Mm -hmm. The facilitator has options to tweak and adjust that whether preferred music or, you know, different elements, but like, there's a lot of different directions, which we have to really think about. Yeah. So, so I mean, we're talking about like, is this an authoring tool that allows people to, uh, to an extent, create the a bit of the pieces of Netflix that go into it. And I appreciate right. the, the, yes. the, there the, is the part of it. That's, that's great. When you, when you went and shadowed the people, was there anything non-obvious that stood out to you that you weren't expecting to come across? When you went and shadowed the people and you followed them around and you saw what they were doing, is there anything that stood out to you going, oh, I did not expect that. That was something I didn't see coming by actually, you know, boots in the ground. Yes, I would say jumping from a software to a software, because like now, if you think about the last visit to a doctor, there was somebody, either a nurse or a doctor, inputting your data somewhere. Mm -hmm. And the thing that we're thinking about right now is like, so when we want them to use this tool, would they exit from that software to launch mm -hmm. something else? Does it need to be an entry from there? 
is it like those are the questions that so small in the friction in order for us totally. to eliminate that so what you're saying is they're jumping from software so they're not using one holistic software what they're doing is they're jumping from software to software to satisfy their needs so they have a a journaling for example journaling software a tracking software a a payment software whatever that might be is that what you're saying yeah. and so they're they're so I'm saying it is the opposite i'm saying like what they would want is to have one thing that yeah well one one way of managing all these different yeah. things but yes it's so it's a cut what we're talking about is actually to say so there's one side yeah. that they want at, to access everything in one but there is yeah. another side of it it's like you know if they can't that's not it's not feasible for their workflow they can't you know manage mm. to and have to manage and go through different software if they have to re-sign in and do all that it's just like every moment with the patient counts so that you know has mm. been we actually are very fortunate. We won the Venture Winston Grants uh, mm -hmm. program. We were selected in, uh, as one of the grant recipients. And as a result, get a we're being mentored and work with uh, Novant Health. Uh, mm -hmm. they, you know, they're putting out a press release. They said we, we could announce it, though. We could tell it to people. Oh, cool. So, um, yeah, we're working with them. And, and that's going to be like a key way for us to really iterate and sort of perfect that uh, that process, you know, within a health system of people who understand, you know, what needs to be in place to scale something like this. So are they putting you in front of, when you're working with them, are you talking about, do they put you in front of uh, patients and clients and things like that? Or are they, are they just, are, are they bringing you into their, their ecosystem in terms They're gonna of They're going to fully mentor software. us and guide us and like, they, you know, are really going to put us in the position where we need to be successful. Mm -hmm. uh and that you know has been a tremendous you know i i think that goes hand in hand with what we're talking about being a part of the ecosystem like a incubator you know getting yourself aligned with people who understand what you're jumping into from all directions is key so i think especially in the digital health space you know having opportunities like that are a huge way to de-risk and just you know increase the odds of success yeah yeah, I mean, when Steve Jobs was helping Pixar out when they're first getting started, one of the things is they wanted to attach themselves to Disney. And they said, well, why? Why do we want to be a part of Disney? I said, okay, because you're a tiny ship in a big ocean. And what he wants is you want to be on a you want to be on a big ship. Disney's a big ship. So if you get on that, if your little boat goes on top of a big ship, you can handle all the the back and forth, especially in the healthcare space. It's really expensive yeah. uh, to be in. I have a number of friends that are inside there. And it takes a lot to kind of get up and get going. Um, what do you think um, right now, what do you think are some of the greatest challenges you're facing uh, right now and, and being in the startup healthcare space and, and what you're trying to do? Oh, there's a, there's definitely some exciting <laughs> challenges. And then what do you think? Yeah, I think that the effects that music has on the brain and like the duality of movement and music is applicable mm -hmm. to so many populations so like we could talk about adhd autism uh we could argue even like uh, cp cerebral palsy we absolutely could say that it is beneficial for people with dementia alzheimer parkinson because we're talking about um movement disorders or like memory disorders so like for cognition etc and we have always the urge of solving problems for the big world and world and uh, sometimes uh, the challenges would be to pace 
mm. and to see what are we trying to solve uh, right now. So like, so for example, there are like lots of healthcare systems right now who are focusing so much on seniors because it, it becomes even dangerous for them to go um, to their uh, doctor visit like in person. So there is lots of inventions that are trying to help them within their home to be able to decrease those accidents and those frictions. At the same time, like working with the pediatrics and working with kids who are very intuitive with technology, et cetera, is like very, very fun and very rewarding. So I would say for me, that is the, the challenge. So what you're talking about is niching down. The challenge is picking 100%. one one avatar, one group, one thing, because one's probably more emotionally rewarding and one's all more financially beneficial. Yeah. And so now you're at a crossroads between, do I go with what that fills me up emotionally and, and, and have a struggling company? Or do I go into the other challenging space that is more financially beneficial, but it feels like I'm selling a bit of my soul? Yeah, absolutely. And that's every entrepreneur's dilemma yeah. every day. That is. So, that is. That's like one, of, one of the biggest challenges true. of transformative tech. But transformative tech is it's a it's the biggest the challenge. Everybody wants to have a billion dollar business where they're changing the lives of a billion people at the same time. Absolutely. That's a, that's the holy 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 grail for a lot of a lot of people on this journey. Um, yeah. But and this uh, what you're having is there's super common problems and it's it's okay it's it's a it's a good thing to to look at and it's also to recognize it so you can see right now where you're facing in terms of niching down picking one lane and going full into that into that group. Yeah. Do you have, do you have like what are the metrics you're looking to define that group? Do you know what that is? At least what are the, what yeah. Are the yeah, we're looking at, you know, the frequency of assessment and the uh, duration, the overall duration of that term of uh, assessment. Mm. Like we we're, we're our straight, you know, we look at our strengths and, you know, what we can do best and, and the best way for us to support a patient is, you know, uh, over a long period of time and, and the accessibility component to it. Uh, and stuff that, you know, like people have to do a lot of over and over again, because music is going to take away the meniality and repetitiveness of it the same way we do that for, you know, when we work out, right, we want to listen to music, and it takes away, it kind of renews the experience. And so for us, like those have been the metrics, and we looked at everything on the board. And, uh, you know, we, we've learned a lot in the last couple of years. I mean, we started this, the business was formed in 2017. Mm -hmm. So we've had a lot of opportunities to learn and grow and we did a lot in the pediatric space and we're continuing to do that. And we're seeing actually, uh, I would say one of the other challenge, I'll touch on another challenge was the fact that we had sort of like, uh, you know, we had a process of discovering what is, you know, where is the care for pediatrics really taking place? Because in reality, you know, our initial understanding was that, you know, occupational therapists and those, you know, sort of developmental therapists are the ones doing the, you know, overall, you know, long-term care of children with special needs. But what it turns out really is that they do more of the diagnosis and touch points, but the people doing the long-term care of children with special needs are in the school districts. Sometimes they are occupational therapists, but they're teachers, you know, special education programs. So we've been having actually a lot of success in those programs uh, and kind of very, you know, sort of validating what I'm saying is that like, this is something that should be used re repetitiously uh, through those long periods of care and school districts is a place where we actually found, you know, a great opportunity and we've been having 
great, you know, feedback. So, mm -hmm. you know, they're expanding that into more of their program. So it's fun and to see that, you know, sort of traction touch, but, you know, our vision is to really see this, these tools fit into those niches. So we're looking at special education, but, you know, we're mm -hmm. always looking at where is the, where can we be the best and where does music movement and, uh, that sort of interactive experience, where, where does that stand to make the biggest impact? Because I don't necessarily think that we would be the best like MSK app out there. You know, you have apps and programs that are like for people who have spinal challenges or they're just coming out of, you know, maybe a shoulder injury and they have to do rehab. Like, I, I think that we can do that well, but that's not where we're going to be the best. And so we've been focusing on those segments, those niches where we can be the best. And so you said that was your holy grail. Is that what you're saying? Is is that the you said you want to? Is your holy grail your goal? Is it is that is that something that you're looking for? Like you said, you want to fit in these different niches, or what is your what is your goal? Our goal is to serve uh, this digital interactive content as a ways of ma making the patient provider right. uh, connection and remote care more seamless, more accessible, more inclusive, uh, and essentially have this content platform where providers who are serving, whether it be children with, uh, you know, with disabilities or a senior with Parkinson's, that they can have a content package that can collect and engage, collect data while engaging their patient in a way that increases their adherence. All this comes down to patient adherence. How do we get patients to stick with their therapy programs and, and have the accountability and the reward for doing that regularly. And sort of that is, is really where our Holy Grail mission is by using music and inclusive human centered design in order to enable uh, providers to access that content uh, and very much so through that authoring tool that we were talking about. Sure. So you want, you want to be the Netflix of motion and music therapy. I, I think that would be uh, in alignment uh, with what our vision is, uh, as long as you also take into account, like I said, the development of tools that allow for that content to be generated. Because right now, uh, there already is a video platform, but we are looking beyond video. We're looking at uh, data collection on a much more granular and insightful way where we can see changes in reaction time right. and cognitive and motor function. like. Mm -hmm. Whereas like if it was just Netflix, maybe you see how long somebody watches a video, but you don't know if they were sitting down watching it the whole time. Sure. You know, yeah, so maybe right now that's what people want. Like maybe right now people are solving for, yeah. did somebody do it or not? But yeah. what we we're trying to do, we're trying to also give them like, what was the quality of the movement? How do yeah. you know that this person is going to be better in a week? So yeah. yeah. Have you, have you looked at virtual reality? Yes. Oh, absolutely. We're both passionate yeah. about. Oh, cool. Yeah. I'll tell I'll tell you about a cool one that I saw. Um, so I I've I run I've ran a a a lot of virtual reality hackathons. Um, we participated in many too. Yeah, yeah maybe yeah. we were there just hacking away. It's yeah. possible. It's possible. <laughs> um, I've I've taught them taught them over at MIT and USC and UCI. We did at MIT too. So yeah. Did you do we at the virtual reality hackathon? Yes. Was it yes. to two thousand seven? 2017, uh, I was one of the winners. You're one of the winners. Okay, I think we're there. <laughs> I was there when 2000. 
or 18, 18 19, Kevin was also there. Yeah, you were there. Okay, I might have seen you. So we were inside the, the multi-structured oh, MIT right? Media Lab things with all the, the I love things. It. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. So I was one of the, the organizers, me and Steven. Um, so oh, Steven's nice. Steve is a very, very good friend. Of yeah, ours. yeah. Steven, uh, yeah. I, I know Steven very, very well. Oh, that's I mean, awesome. I, I spent, I, we built that place up. And then we, we go to his house at the end of the night, have a bottle of wine together at midnight, get up at 4 a.m. and do it again. That guy's got more grit than anybody I know. So. Oh, wow. He is that's amazing. Awesome. So, He's so passionate. It, about yeah, it's, it's super fun. Yeah. It's so amazing. I had, so uh, me and him put together an event um, over at UC, USC um called creating reality hackathon uh, there was actually one piece of tech there that that is it's not the exact same thing but i'll tell you because it, it, it somewhat relates and it's one of the better use cases i've seen is someone took a um took shaky cam technology so you know shaky cam like you're gonna try to take a photo mm -hmm. right you're trying to get a photo and it stabilizes that mm -hmm. um and uh what they did is they took it and they put it inside the they put that inside the controller inside a, a normal controller that you have here so yeah. if people with parkinson's it would normalize their hand. Mm. So in VR, you would then do exercises. I don't know if they had music or not set up, but then you would do exercises. And, but the thing is it would, it would train their hands because very much like phantom limb syndrome, yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah. And yeah. so it's the same, same type of effect is that through the visual, you're getting that visual feedback that your hand is stable and then they're feeding it through that system. And it's one of the ways that they looked at it. I thought it was a great that. use case of, of doing Amazing. that. Yeah. There was some, wow. some cool, some cool tech um, at those hackathons. Um, and like the things because I saw that because I saw that as um, Iman, you said that you you guys are you guys so you guys do those hackathons a lot. Is that when we were down in Boston? Yeah. So, uh, I hacked a lot with MIT the media lab, but mm -hmm. also there is um, MIT hack for inclusion as well. I mm -hmm. do that with them, they're not particularly in v VR, but they're more yeah. of the how do we get the idea about the human centered perspective to things uh but yeah that was That's a lot cool. when we were when we used to live in boston those boston yeah. people they know how to party and they know how to work exactly like, oh yeah good time. those guys are yeah yeah those are uh some some hard hard people I'm oh yeah here. i'm over you here in california up with the winter yeah i don't i don't know if i didn't understand I, I i did not i did not respect the winter when i went over there i tried to go in the snow i tried to i tried to jog in the snow and i thought i was gonna die oh was yeah like, no, it, was, it was awful so, uh, but man, I, I respect the tech that comes out of there. So that, that's why I was, I, I was curious. I, I was I was curious about that 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 journey that you that you had along the way with that. Um, yeah. So, so okay. So looking at so hackathons, innovations, ideations, things like that, with some really smart people along the way. Um, what do you think for yourselves going along? You said you'd be niching down for avatars and getting those people along the way. So you niche down the avatars, get them along the way. You have the big goal of uh the interactive netflix yes. for music therapy right possibly vr possibly metaverse you want to throw any of those buzzwords on top i of it. like that right now we're hitting very Seriously. sensitive places so so rolling rolling with all that all that all that energy in that direction um um looking at that what do you think right now are some of the the the, the challenges that you're facing like we're trying to get into these spaces. So if you niche down these avatars, what are a couple of the other core skills, core things that you need to figure out to kind of help you along your journey? To be honest, I would say the number one thing that I would say at this point is going to be 
improving how we connect with the people who we need to connect with because you know like whether that be for sales whether that be for raising capital whether that be for whatever it is like what changes everything you could be doing the same thing over and over again all you need to do to change and bring wind into your sale is connect to the right person how do you meet that person how do you get in front of them at the time where their mind and souls are open to envisioning what we've seen? You know, like those are the skills that I think that are the most crucial in, in every, if, if, if that skill is perfected, you can get anything done. The power of networking. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. That's, 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 a, that's, that's very true. Uh, powerful network, expand your network, right time, right place. All those things, you're, you're right. That makes it that makes a ton of sense. Um, have you considered a podcast? Perhaps that might be. Oh, you know what? Might, might I a thing for you. I do uh, report live in the metaverse. That's another yeah. discussion. Oh, that's cool. So, so, well, let's let's um, I'm gonna t- I'm gonna touch on that, but give me one second. I want to come back to something, and then we're gonna, we're, we'll, we'll talk about the metaverse thing. <laughs> so, just a side note. <laughs> side note. I will come in. We will dive into that, but real real quick on this other thing. What about, you're talking about this. You said that one of the biggest challenges you have is attrition. One of the challenges you have, what I mean by that is, is people coming back and reusing the system, getting that stickiness to actually get people to want to do therapy because therapies work. Therapy's boring. Therapy's repetitive. It's something that is not enjoyable, right? So you talked about that being one of the challenges. How have you attempted to tackle that problem? What have you done and what are the ways have you done to try to both learn about what to do and apply that and what what results have you seen in that area yeah we work a lot on rewards and that's mm. the whole point of why we started working with uh, music and mm. like the music like when you move your body you make a sound there is a cause and effect there is dopamine there is an enjoyment there is a continuation but i'm also glad that you brought uh, vr because if we are talking about immersive experiences where you're actually convincing the person of the reality of the matter then i could see lots of applications and and in the vr world and i think that rewards could be even much more than just um like a value that they get through senses uh it could be a monetary value it could be a point system it could be there are like lots of assumptions on how we could use reward to uh, inhibit bad behaviors and like reinforce good ones. We were successful so far with music, uh, mm. but like now we we could also like consider lots of other aspects, especially with how the technology is going and our personal interest to that. Yeah. Got it. Got it. So then, so we're talking about is going from uh, simply pleasure of just receiving to an interactive experience, something that, that, is, that, is, that, that is more interactive, that's got more feedback, that's got more ability to um, get more data points along the way. Yeah, abso- yeah. absolutely. Reward and reward and let users own that value of saying, I did my exercise today. Uh, and there's a lot of owning that and being yeah. able to really own every push up, own every you know, every uh, own to, uh, to your doctor, like an undeniable, you know, value of saying I did what you told me to do. Like right now, what that is, is just me telling my doctor, but me being able to tell and show my doctor, this is what you told me to do. And I did it. And 
like that has value to it. And I mm -hmm. think that that is uh, the next, like that humans, you know, beyond the intrinsic enjoyment of the experience that them feeling that immediate value gain uh, and that, and that is through data and what that data can represent. Uh, and you mentioned, you know, virtual reality metaverse, like that thing that has a big part to do with it. Yeah. I, we yeah. see a lot of things like Beat Saber, a lot of exercise experiences in that sense. Yeah. So, you know, without giving too much detail away, I'll say Thanks. we definitely have our sites and this year we're going to be uh, doing a lot in terms of expanding and uh, experimenting, let's say, mm -hmm. uh, with, with these ideas. Cool. Yeah, there's a ton you can do. Um, I know that I mean, there was a fitness uh, experience at the MIT Hackathon that was basically a Beat Saber clone with feet tracking um, that nice. you guys sing I and dance to. Yeah, it was great. It was actually really fun. I, I had a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun going through it. Um, nice. But uh, yeah, I mean, there's a ton of things you can do. So I mean, just some 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 you know thoughts on that is so with the virtual reality headset, you know, so with the Quest headset, which you may or may not be targeting. Oh yeah. Um, and uh, inside that they have the cameras, and so with those cameras, you have access to the the, the data coming in through there. Um, so keep in mind with that access, you can see pretty much around you for a lot. So imagine you could have some sort of way of, of the same way that you have your Connect sensor system yeah. tracking that, right? You could do that that data tracking as well, so you can track the feet movement. You can track it because I know there's other people that are doing things like that. Um, yeah. So that are able to actually track, you know, the feats and um, that kind of stuff as well. Uh, we have a question that popped in. Let's see here. How do you guys cope with working with Imen when she's on? Oh, wow. Wow. All right. That was a really intense question there. All right, everybody. We're going to go ahead and we're going to bypass that one. <laughs> I'm going to well, say I think no. Some people, some people might be a little intimidated by a brilliant woman here, but uh, we well, certainly hey, by the way, to have Welcome her. to the internet, folks. <laughs> welcome to the internet. Have you? I'm, I'm happy people are curious about my moods. I could take it as love. Wow, that's uh, super intense. Um, so, you know, people, uh, it's it's so funny that one of the things that whenever I get, um, whenever that they, they, it's the it's the man in the arena who counts. Do you know that quote? No, no, no. I like it's, it's it's the, the there's uh, a lot of people. Um, they 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 get really. Uh, part of being successful as an entrepreneur is putting yourself out there. Yeah. Right. right. And so like, um, and, and it's really the, it's the people that put themselves out there. It's the, their opinions that account and those types of things. And, and it's, it's a really big challenge sometimes for people um, to put yourself out there and then also people to talk shit. So you put yourself out there, people talk shit. But the oh, problem yeah. is, is by by building anything of value or anything immediate or, or whatever, it, there is a, there is a really intense, thing about putting yourself out there Absolutely. and it's and then you were like oh my god how do i deal with it i have an example i have another entrepreneur friend um and this will get this is going to be a little much but we're going to dive into it because uh thank you for the other person over there is um i have a friend named uh, uh francis she built her own entrepreneurial company up from the ground up um she built um, she built a sex device. It's a post cleanup sex device, mm -hmm. uh, which is basically a stick with a sponge on it. Mm -hmm. So after sex, mm -hmm. you put in the woman, cleans it up, pulls it out. <laughs> and she had to be the face of the company. And so she wow. had to, and she had, and she's married and all that stuff, but she had to go out there on camera, on live, go out there and go, I made this thing. 
or her dad's helping fill her orders for her, yeah. right? All that stuff, right? Loading up like a truck bed full of this stuff, driving, and she's doing well. But like she had to, unless she got comfortable getting online and putting that mess up there. So that's why I have- Because she cared about solving the problem for the she people. Was. Obviously, she was like, this is a problem, I solved it. Let's make sure everybody else can get taken care of. It's a, yeah. it's a, it's a, it's a painful problem that me and you, Kevin, we don't understand. We're not, that's not, no. you know what I'm saying? We don't, we don't, we don't appreciate that problem. But what I have respect for is for people that are willing to get on camera that put themselves out there and Big then, truth. and then go, go to town. And so, <laughs> and so, yeah, so I appreciate that. And we Big get truth. it, sir. Uh, yeah. It's all, it's all good guys. So, but no, yeah. anyway, so. Well, um, I honestly, I think that we covered some great stuff here. Uh, yeah. You know, we appreciate you having us on and just, it's been you know, not very often that we get to connect with somebody who also understands these and are passionate about these things like human-centered design. Yeah. And, you know, so we really enjoyed and cutting was part the of the VR hackathons that we've yeah. been in and mutual friends. It's like, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, did I meet Dylan before? Maybe. 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 There's a lot of people. There's a lot of people that are talking. That, that, uh, the MIT one is one of the largest hackathons I've ever been a part of. Absolutely. Um, and it just, there's just too many and Dunsbar number, you get about to 150, then everything breaks off. Oh and yeah. Then all, and all the alcohol that they have there, you know, it's oh, just, yeah. it's, oh, it's, yeah. it's a stacking, it's a stacking experience along the way. Um, but I love this, but one thing I do want to touch about, and then we can, we can start to wrap this up here is you talked about being, you said you're doing videos inside the metaverse and you're doing things like that. What does that, what does that look like? So uh, I found a problem, which was all my friends didn't know about the metaverse and they didn't understand what was happening. Uh, mm -hmm. And taking a picture doesn't really tell you what's happening because the metaverse is a whole other level of human community connection. So I said, you know what, let me just start reporting and uh, telling people about this, uh, you know, showing my friends because rather than get them behind a computer, like, I ended up setting it up so could just uh, do a live stream and show them. And over time, you know, just built a community around this. And so just like highlighting artists, highlighting technology, going to events, like things of that nature. Mm -hmm. uh, I think so she, her, her battery, she, she lost her battery. <laughs> oh no, my battery died. Oh no. Man, you can join in here. Yeah. Oh, she's okay. Well, let's toggle it off. There you go. Hey, there we go. Amen. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, that I mean, it, it started as something I was just doing for fun, but then ended up being something like the reality is that we're seeing history unfold right now with Web 3.0. Uh, and it's a whole other dimension, uh, which people are going to want to look back and see history. So I started this channel called the Decentraland Report that oh, was cool. just recording history and showing and lots of people. But is that in what is that is that on YouTube? Is that in VR chat? What is that? It's in it's it, you can watch it on YouTube, uh, but it's in Decentraland, which is a metaverse like it's based on the Ethereum mm -hmm. network. And, mm -hmm. you know, they're about to have their, you know, they're having a whole Christ, you know, Christmas event like they're a metaverse, one of the sort of prominent first open metaverses like Sandbox or Somnium Space, but they're not in VR. It's just browser based. Uh, so yeah, if anybody wants to check it out, just go on my YouTube, just search Kevin on earth. <laughs> that's cool, brother. That's, that's awesome, man. Yeah. And there's these, there's these merging metaverses that are coming together with virtual reality and with the crypto space people. And they're starting to come together like this and everyone's trying to figure out, okay, what is that magical thing? Is it, is it a complete unique crypto? Is it mana? Is it NFTs plus this? It's like, what is those things? And what does that look like? Hey, welcome hey. back, man. 
So glad you could make it back. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, like the central land, yes, you can access it on the computer, but it is built on Unity. So like, if you've done VR before, you know that that's where it's going. But for now, it's like we're giving access to people who have a computer before even people who have headsets until we democratize that. But yeah, yeah, yeah we're, we're so excited about it, where this is going. Yeah, uh, we it's weird. We we really do live in the future. Like this is this is stuff that like we have 3D printers and we have yes. this uh, th these these crazy like machines that track your body and all this stuff. Um, so it's, it's yeah. really awesome. What absolutely? So I think we're in this transition period, and it's important that people like us are sharing that with other people because before we know it it's going to go by and there's going to be so many people who had no clue that these things were happening and they're going to have a hard time like coping and adjusting and they're not going and they're going to lose on a lot of opportunity within life just not being aware of what's possible as humans now uh it's just amazing my grandma's never been on the internet my grandma's never been on the internet i'm sure she's doing great i'm sure she's getting getting her stuff done <laughs> I, I'm just, I'm just like, I'm just trying to wrap my head around. Never been on the internet. Never been on the internet. I just, wow. I still, I still struggle with that. But you know, but you're right. We're gonna adapt as, and some of us, and the, and the better you are at adapting through these technologies, the better you are. The better you can, you can thrive in these places, right? Adapting Absolutely. to crypto, VR, all this stuff, which is, which is wonderful. Um, so with, I mean, all of this being said, is there anything else you'd like to let people know about before you tell them how to get a hold of you and how to get a hold of your company? Let's see, man. What do you think? Happy holidays, number one. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for Merry tuning Christmas. in. And, you know, uh, I will say my my motto and what I kind of to any entrepreneurs out there uh, or any creators out there who are looking to, you know, maybe maybe they're doing something for themselves right now. Maybe they're starting their own business. Just remember. You don't enjoy music waiting for the last note. You have to make sure that you enjoy the music as it takes place. Don't feel like you need to get to the end of the experience to know this is pretty awesome. You're having fun. Your experience is happening. So enjoy the holidays. Enjoy every step along the journey and just make sure what you're creating, you really believe in and, and it will serve itself. I love it. I love yeah, it. For, for me, what I would say is for other fellow entrepreneurs, don't obsess about a solution that came to your mind, but try to think about how to solve a real problem. And I feel that today we tried to cover what is human-centric design. And I feel that the world needs more of us who are trying to solve real problems than obsessing about our own ideas that during the way we could find out that they were not solving what we need to do. But uh, other than that, encouraging your creativity and asking you to stay tuned because I have a lot that I want to share with you, but I feel it's so early for that. But I can tell you where to find us. Yeah. We're active. How do we find you? Yes, our website is pointmotioncontrol.com. And uh, you can get hold of us on LinkedIn or in, on Facebook, and it's Point Motion. So. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Kevin, Iman, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I appreciate you being here, sharing your stories and your journeys. I have a blessed and beautiful day and a wonderful holiday. So I'll beautiful. catch you all soon. Thank you so Bye much. Guys. It was a pleasure. Thank Bye -bye. you. See Bye -bye. you on the other side. Bye now. Thank you for listening to the Heroes of Reality podcast. 
check out heroesofreality.com for more episodes. While you're there, you can also take the Heroes Quiz to find out what kind of hero you are. Or, if you have a great story and want to be on the podcast, tell us why your hero's journey will inspire others. Thank you for listening. See you on the other side.